Each and every week we gather to bask in its glow. Information, picture, and sound beamed through the night skies. Destination, our living rooms. As the screen sparks to life, the outside world dims, transporting us for 60 minutes into parallel dimensions. This is the modern campfire, where legends are born and sagas unfold. Where some find only entertainment, we find religion. And now you've found us. And so we invite you too to join us as part of the Cult of the Cathode Ray. Welcome back to Cult of the Cathode Ray and our coverage of The Walking Dead Season 2. On this episode, we're going to be talking about Episode 3, Save the Last One. I'm Zachary Edgerton, and I'm here as always with my favorite co-host in the world. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to the people real quick? Well, sure. I'm Renee Sainabin. Hi, how are you? Are you talking to the people? They can't. They can't hear you. This well, isn't live. You know, I keep telling you. I would. I would honestly like to know how they are doing. Uh, but how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great because you know things are starting to pick up a little bit in season two of The Walking Dead. So mm. things are getting exciting, which I love some excitement. Finally. So, yeah, finally. Let's dive right in and talk about some quick episode stats. So episode three originally aired on October 30th, 2011, which is almost uh, w- one year, I guess 364 days before the premiere of the first season. And it had an initial audience of about 6.1 million viewers. So the uh, the show was still pulling in a lot of viewers. I think we talked on a recent episode how, like, I think the, the finale of season one had, like, about 6 million viewers, and that was some sort of record at the time. So... The show was still doing pretty well. Let's talk about the people behind this episode, directed by Phil Abraham, who I think he's just been basically done a bunch of TV. He's like a TV director, but he has some uh, some pretty good shows on his resume. He has directed episodes of The Killing, Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Daredevil, and also for our uh, our Stephen King connection this episode, he also directed a couple episodes of Castle Rock. So. Ooh. Yeah, which is the, uh, you know, if you haven't seen that, if you're a Stephen King fan, stay away from it. It's uh, it's, it's just going to make you sad. Anyways, uh, the episode was written by Scott M. Gimple, who was a producer on The Walking Dead. Apparently, he's been a producer on all of the offshoots as well. So I think he's still going, but he's also a writer because I think this was his first episode and he would go on to write a total of 20 episodes for the series. So... That is, those are the people behind this show or this episode. Let's talk about, uh, first of all, what's the episode about? As always, I like to give the kind of silly uh, descriptions, the silly plot descriptions from AMC. So for this one, the group desperately awaits Shane's return. Shane finds himself trapped in a school surrounded by walkers. Daryl and Andrea search for someone. Which I don't know why they're so vague about that final part because they've been searching for the same person for three episodes now but whatever right <laughs> it's like who who could it be <laughs> could it be the, the the lucky little leprechaun i don't know let's tune in and find out <laughs> so yeah let's let's dive right into this episode dive into our discussion because a lot happens like i said some exciting stuff it's a flood so normally we start with the living where we just talk about the kind of the characters and go through you know some of the some of the important points that uh 
that uh, that are that are happening to these characters, various uh, you know character development moments, and also you know performances, that sort of thing. Today, I actually feel like it's pretty obvious where we kind of want to start on this one because <laughs> Shane oh the Pain is in full force in this episode. <sighs> Damn it, Shane! I gotta say, I, I was you know obviously. I don't think we've been Shane fans. I think we've talked about him pretty much every episode. We're not we're not huge fans of him. You know, his character, obviously, John Bernthal, we're fans of him because mm. he's great at playing this awful character. Mm-hmm. But I got to say, on this episode, when they show Shane wasting all of that hot water, it was over for me. It was <laughs> over. I was, I was having like, flashbacks. Yeah, exactly. I, there's no redemption for this character anymore. He's oh, done. Man. And for he's what? Done. Just steam, steam up the mirror just to wipe Here's the it thing. down again. Here's oh. the thing. Here's the thing, Renee. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 you, you know this for a fact. I shave my head. I use a, an electric razor. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, obviously you take a shower after you shave your head. I don't sit there, run the shower, shave my head. Okay. It's just no one does that. So, no. no. <sighs> yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So Shane's on my shit list. Oh, and he also kills Otis, but whatever. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> So, so what do we, yeah, what do we, what do we think about the, uh, the, the kind of the big centerpiece of this episode, which is obviously Shane, you know, Otis and Shane are trapped in the gymnasium and they seem to be getting along pretty well. At least they seem to be working together pretty well and they almost get out and then Shane decides to cap Otis. Renee, thoughts on this whole incident? Oh man, that was a rough one. Now, and I don't know, maybe... Uh, it sort of seemed like for a moment there that that Shane was going to sacrifice himself, potentially. Maybe I misread that situation. This was a little bit earlier on. Um, but, oh, man, that was that was really rough. I think what really bothered me, <laughs> not not I mean, other than the fact that he shot the guy, but it took so long, their struggle. It's like y'all could have just kept going like he I don't think he made any time <laughs> by getting rid of Otis. Ugh. Yeah. So so my well well first of all actually can I think you had a I think you had a quote about this. Do you want to read that? And then I'll tell you why it's wrong. <gasps> oh. And it's from is... some Yeah, it's from someone I don't mind saying is completely wrong, but go ahead. Yeah, this was one of these things that I read where I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." I've, I feel like I can read people pretty well. And so when I went into this episode or this whole situation, this whole Walking Dead review, and I was like, I feel like I don't like Robert Kirkman and I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like my feelings are completely justified now. Um, so this was uh, from from the mouth of, was it Robert Kirkman? I don't yeah. even, I don't respect the man enough to remember his first name. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Robert Kirkman, he expressed that the death of Otis was a, somewhat justifiable homicide and retorted that Otis Otis was slowing him down and Carl's life was hanging in the balance. And uh, it's the walking dead, you know, and we're existing in a gray area where we're punishing, I'm sorry, where we're pushing the boundaries of that. But at the end of the day, Shane shot that guy and left him for dead and ran off. It's a pretty dark moment, and it informs Shane's character and sets up a lot of things that are going to be happening moving forward. So, of course, the uh, the the famous uh, legal uh, finding of somewhat justifiable homicide, as uh, many judges have ruled in the past. Yeah. No. So, somewhat, so somewhat 
<laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought it was interesting because I, I saw that. And, and I should note, we don't actually talk about these things before the episode because I'm sure people probably think that we like collaborate because we're always like echoing each other. That doesn't happen. I swear to God. Yeah. But the, the reason I asked you to re, uh, read that after your, your comment there was because uh, it so in my notes under Shane for this episode, I just wrote, not sure if we're supposed to think that Shane actually needed to shoot Otis to get away or not. They definitely had a lot of time to tussle on the ground before the walkers reached them. So <laughs> this, is a, this is another example of like, I can't tell. And, and based on Kirkman's like comment, though, that was actually kind of interesting to me because I didn't see that until actually right before we started recording when I was looking at those notes. And I was like, that is interesting because so that was obviously what they were trying to say. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if it's like the way that they edited it or the way that they I, I don't know the way that they shot it. But yeah, I mean, they, they sit there and fight for like 20 minutes and then it's like, well, if he was slowing you down, like having to carry an extra bag, like I, I don't think I don't think he was going any slower than you're going to go when you have like twice the weight on you. I don't know. And they both had like a bum leg. They should have done that yeah. thing where like you kind of get like get on the side of each other. Then you like put your little bad legs together. So it's like one good leg. <laughs> And you just like do that little try hop thing like yeah. people do in like company meetings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like the, uh, yeah, the uh, oh, man. <laughs> team building or whatever. Yeah, yeah the team building. That, <laughs> did they have, did they, did they uh, mess up like opposite legs though? That's the question. I didn't I'm even not notice. Sure. That's a good question. Maybe yeah. one could run backwards. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know how I feel about this. Obviously, like, because I remember watching this originally back in the day and thinking, okay, this is obviously just Shane just basically being kind of a, a jerk or, you know, a psychopath and just, you know, killing Otis. But then rewatching it, yeah, it's like, are we, how are we supposed to feel about this? Because it seems pretty, I don't know, it seems pretty clear to me that they could have just kept going and they were kind of outpacing those walkers. So yeah. it's kind of the, the thing where, like, uh, the thing with with Rick in the first episode where he's like, oh, yeah, well, those those things I get winded and those things don't. But it's like, well, but you obviously got like a good minute ahead of them because you got a whole a whole like minutes worth of dialogue before they showed up again. So I don't know if the whole tussling on the ground thing was just like, stop it. <laughs> like you're wasting time. Why did you even do this? And I really like the actor uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince who played Otis. But yeah. I was just bummed to see him uh, pretty much get left. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I also think that there are like there are other. <laughs> I don't know. I I think that there are ways that they could have like better expressed the fact that Shane felt like he had to make a choice because they could have literally just had him like fall and not be able to get back up, and they could have had Shane just like grab the bag and run or something like that. Right. And he still could have been. He still could have felt guilty. Yeah, and it would have been like a you know like a maybe a different parallel of what happened with Rick. Like, but at least put like yeah. a little bit of effort into it. <laughs> Something. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, it's awkward. Yeah. So I don't know. How do we how do we feel about Shane, though, after that whole incident? <sighs> I guess do we do we feel like he was do we feel like he was actually like, is there absolutely anything to Kirkman's like comment about, you know, Carl's life was in the balance or do we just think that Shane's a homicidal maniac? Yeah, I kind of think Shane was like starting to have some sort of breakdown because I, I can't quite get into his head of what he was thinking. Like, and you know, maybe it's one of those things I would have to rewatch it just to see. Like, was he really dragging him along? I mean, it seemed like they were kind of doing well supporting each other 
it did not see I can't in my head either, you know, kind of reason out like why did why did he do that? Because he really didn't seem to be slowing him down. So and it's not like he wanted all the glory for himself because, you know, he kind of turned it around. So yeah, I don't I, I don't know. It was also is weird too because like there was a scene like right before that, and it's kind of uh, the the continuity is a little weird because they kind of keep going back and forth. But there was a scene where, like, when, when he's asking him how many bullets he has left, where I think Otis is even telling him, "You got to go. You got to leave me behind." So, so it was kind of funny that, like, he he, I guess you know, says like he he could have just left him behind. He could have just not shot him because he even tells Shane just take the bags. So like he could have. It's kind of like the old thing about like, uh, you know, you don't have to ha- go faster than the, the zombies or the bear or whatever. You just have to go faster than the next person in front of you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like he could have just been like, OK, Otis, I'll take the bag. And sure, if you get out, great. If you don't, I can still people t- or still tell people some sort of heroic story. But I also don't need to just like shoot you because if they had caught him, if they had just caught him up up to him. He they still would have been a, he still would have been a distraction, which is what he was using him as. So I don't know. Makes no sense yeah. to me. Yeah, and I will tell you. I mean, I I completely kind of get it. You know, it's you know it's kind of different. Like when you're sacrificing your own life versus when somebody's trying to take your life. Um, but it was right. kind of funny, right? Because he's like, "Oh, go on without me," and then he puts up this big fight. And I'm like, "Well, you were just why don't you like? All right, fine, just go." You know, <laughs> it's like, why are you struggling right. so much now? Yeah, I mean, I think I think someone's shooting you in the leg. <laughs> I mean, I totally get it. The tables yeah. would have turned, but yeah. uh, it was just kind of like, hmm, just, let him, just go, just go. You're wasting time. I'm I'm a very vindictive person, so in that moment, I definitely would have been like, forget Carl. I don't care what happens. I'm just taking you with me, Shane, because you Hell shot yeah. me in the goddamn leg, you idiot. Hell yeah. It's also weird because they were working so well together. Like I think uh, Otis even saves his life at one point, right? Because he yes. comes when he like I think after he gets his like uh, tweaks his ankle or whatever, and I think he's like he 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 has that weird moment Shane does where he's like thinking about shooting the walker, but he's like hesitating, and then Otis comes out and shoots it. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't know. I think all around all around uh, a bad moment for Shane. If as if he needed any more. Oh man, I tell you, he's he's going through some stuff. Oh God, <laughs> he's he's yeah. I think he's gonna go through some stuff. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything anything else on Shane. Well, I will say that I remember you know thinking back when I first watched this, I think I was so busy being mad at Shane that I didn't realize like how freaking good John Bernthal is. Oh yeah! Like, holy schmolies! So, clap, clap for Mr. Bernthal. Yeah, again, great, great actor, great casting oh. for this uh, for this character because yeah. he's he's definitely like you, you definitely like buy the not just the fact that you know he's he's doing things that are uh, very like morally questionable, but like you said, it's also you you kind of like it feels like he's kind of falling apart and like hanging on by a thread yeah. and you know he's actually kind of like struggling to like hide that from people and i think bernthal plays that pretty well mm-hmm. oh yeah i agree outstanding but yeah other than that damn it shane 
That's my final thoughts change. on Shane. <laughs> yeah, that's usually our final thoughts. I feel like that's a running theme. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, obviously that's kind of like the, uh, I, I guess, kind of like the wrapper of the episode. I got to say, I, I do really like the, the, the direction on this. Um, so Phil Abraham's direction is like the opener where they're running through the the hallways and it's like really dark and it's kind of like slow motion. And it's kind of like overlaid with Rick telling the story about Shane. I just like that whole sequence. I think it's really well done. So yeah, kudos, kudos to, uh, to, to Abraham. I think, I think this, this is actually uh, a, like a really strong episode, just the way it's put together. Mm-hmm. Well, considering we just talked about Shane, I could, <laughs> I could segue right into Lori, much like Shane could. Um <laughs> Uh, oh boy sorry yeah um yeah lori now that was very interesting when they were talking about carl and that carl might not make it and yeah i just thought that was such an interesting conversation and thinking about what jackie you know what jackie did and now jackie doesn't have to she didn't have to go through all that stuff like she doesn't know that sophia is missing because you know just all of that so it it was very interesting do you think do you think lori was like serious or do you think she was like already kind of like rationalizing his death Ooh, because that was my question that that was when when she's talking to to rick we're talking about the scene here where i guess her and rick are like outside i don't remember the exact placement in the episode but mm-hmm. Yeah, when she's talking to Rick, and I had I wrote, wrote down a couple of quotes because she says, "Why do we want Carl to live in this world?" And he also says, "If if he dies tonight, it ends for him." Uh, kind of wish yeah. he had adopted a Russian accent and just said, "If he dies, he dies." <laughs> um, <laughs> but <laughs> but no, it, so yeah, that, that was that was kind of interesting. I agree, very interesting kind of exchange that uh, this this woman who's obviously fought for her family through thick and thin is now kind of almost seems like she's accepting his death and that was kind of my question coming out of that was like does she actually mean that or is she is she kind of preparing for the worst and kind of already telling herself you know like uh, she's already in the i guess what is it bargaining i don't even know she's in one of the stages of grief and uh he's not even dead yet (laughs) yeah it's it's so oh man it's tough i could sort of understand her logic of not wanting someone to survive in that environment and go through that kind of struggle but at the same time you know i wouldn't take somebody out (laughs) to prevent that from happening to them yeah that was i think it like you're saying i think it was maybe just her trying to convince herself that if it happened it would be better so it wouldn't be so devastating maybe so definitely thought that was interesting i actually don't have any notes for rick other than i just wrote oh boy why does my wife want my son to die because he's uh, (laughs) a He's definitely I kind of did felt bad for him, though, because, yeah, oh my God, like having having her because he's obviously, you know, he's he's not one to accept the the odds, you know, until until the worst has actually come to pass. Like he's he's, you know, forever optimistic. So he is. Uh, well, obviously, you know, he's sitting there giving like leaders of his blood. So he's he's hoping that he's able to keep keep him alive and to, yeah. <laughs> to hear Lori say that must be pretty devastating for him so oh my gosh yeah i would i would be in the rick camp on that one like like come on like i get you know yeah but no we can't we cannot do that ma'am uh i will say that it kind of i think it was maybe the one moment where i think he kind of 
maybe stood his ground with her a little bit where she had mentioned before that he was always kind of very passive and yeah, you know, so maybe it was kind of the start of him being like, Whoa, Hey lady. Hey lady. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought, I thought that, that dynamic was definitely interesting. And then also Herschel kind of makes that, that call to, Oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on the, the uh the actress's name or the character's name is patricia oh, how yeah. uh you know not to tell patricia which is you know understandable but uh Oof. definitely feel bad for her because they seem like a very happy couple yeah that was sad. that was really sad i also i i did not realize this but i think that so the actress that plays patricia is uh, uh jane mcneil and I actually didn't realize that this is, I think, her first, like, screen acting role. So I'm not sure if she, like, did stage acting before this. But she's a, she's definitely a, like, for this to be her, like, first role, she's definitely a very, uh, very good actress. So kudos to her. Yes. Which is kind of, also kind of interesting that she just got, like, uh, cast in this role as, like, her first thing. And, you know, as a show that was already pretty big, so... I guess yeah. she blew him away in the auditions. <laughs> right. So, yeah, Carl saved, or is he? I don't know. He's not out of the <laughs> woods, but, you know, he's uh, he's fine. I guess it's also kind of funny because I, I don't know how much time has actually passed, but it's like it seemed like once Herschel had that uh, that respirator, he was able to, like, get the, the get the uh, the remaining shot out of him pretty quickly. But I guess he's just that good. Yeah, they hustled right along. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. There's just little bits of things. I will say, I think maybe one person I had just a little bit more on was just maybe I was going to call her Lori again. Ha, Andrea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they encountered the walker that was hanging and that she just kind of had some compassion there, which I thought was kind of interesting. Why? I mean, I could understand it to the extent of her sister having gone through that. But I guess compared to all the other walkers like why was this one that she suddenly felt a little compassion for i don't know if you got a read on that yeah i guess maybe she kind of felt like uh i don't know a kindred spirit because he was trying mm. to he was trying to kill himself and he did kill himself mm. and she you know she had tried to kill her kill herself but now he is stuck in this kind of you know limbo which i guess is you know being a walker is kind of could be akin to purgatory in a way and, you know, she, she was going to have the opportunity to offer herself in a very, you know, re, you know, a very clean way, so to speak. And mm. this guy did not have that opportunity. So uh, that was kind of what I felt. Maybe she kind of like, un, like she understood because the guy even like left the note about yeah. why he killed himself. And like she understood his mindset. And so she kind of felt like compassion for him because of that. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see that. Thank you. I like that. Yeah, I'm actually glad you brought that up because I didn't even have a note. I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. So, yeah, oh. it's kind of interesting. All right. And then my only other thought on her was Dale. I thought it was really sweet. And I thought he had like a really sweet, genuine apology. And he was like, do you forgive me? And she's like, I'm trying. And I was like, ma'am, we are on the clock here. Like, this is an apocalypse. I think you can rush the forgiveness a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I actually had to say that was the only note I had for Dale was, yeah, he's... And again, you feel kind of bad for him. Yeah. Again, he he did something that was, you know, kind of kind of manipulative, but it was for the right reason. Now he's mm. kind of stuck in this weird place with her. So a purgatory, yeah. if you will. Yeah, he's hanging like a walker. A, a, an emotional purgatory. If you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
Oh, and he's emotionally yet, hanging from a tree. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the only other note I had about Envy, I just oh, I did think it was kind of interesting. Her like her scenes with uh, Daryl, and we'll get to him in a moment. But mm. you know him him asking her whether or not she wants to live, and you know she says I think her her answer because that's why she that's why he shoots uh the you know the zombie there the walker in the tree because you know she says uh or he says uh you know a arrow for an answer or something like that mm. and i think i think her answer is like you know uh at this point i'm not sh- i think she says something like i'm just living by habit at this point or something like that yeah i remember it being just kind of not very groundbreaking of an answer which was kind of funny cuz he i think he said, had the same sentiment of like well not much of an answer yeah, yeah yeah so i thought that vague. was that was kind of interesting she's not uh you know i think to to answer like dale's concern she's not necessarily like suicidal it's just that she's in that state where you just you're living but you don't really know what you have to live for which is you know kind of uh kind of kind of relatable i think i've been there before <laughs> for sure not that i've tried to blow myself up in the cdc but you know yeah uh... yeah yeah, <laughs> CDC. How efficient, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it's uh, it's the way to go. Imploding yourself with, you know, whatever system he had was pretty yeah. pretty convenient. So yeah, yeah. So I do I did want to talk about Daryl. He's actually the other one that I I actually really like in this episode, and I think yeah. that he's he's starting to show his I don't want to say his soft side or his tender side, but it is kind of notable to me because we have these kind of like coinciding plots. We have like the everything dealing with Carl and trying to save him. And then we have the whole kind of Sophia subplot, but really it does feel like almost everyone else has kind of abandoned that search. And Daryl feels like the only one who's actually really still invested in yeah, finding her. <laughs> so right. <laughs> Yeah, and and the scene is kind of the couple of things I thought were kind of interesting. Like, there's a scene where she's in the or they're they're in the the RV, and Carol's like crying, and initially, like it it almost looks like he's like annoyed with her. Yes, like oh, I'm gonna go look for this damn kid because this lady won't shut up. Yeah, well, no, it seems like he's annoyed with her, but then like you, the follow up to that where he like Andrea and him are are out in the woods looking. I think the scene that really like kind of was kind of pivotal for me, actually. It's kind of a minor thing, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but he he tells her about the time that, you know, he was lost in the woods because oh, yeah. he's, he's still trying to reassure people that, that Sophia could still be alive. Mm-hmm. So he he tells her about when he, you know, he was lost in the woods, and he, I think she asked something about, you know, weren't people looking for you? And he's like, well, no, because my dad was on a bender and Merle was in juvie, so I was just all by myself. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, so I thought I thought that was really actually really kind of telling because not just because okay, so maybe that's why he's looking for her or that's why he's so like determined to find her because he's actually been through it. But also, I think it's actually really telling. Again, I'm probably reading way too much into this and maybe giving the the writers too much credit here. But the 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 thing that really struck home about that for me was the fact that you know. I think that there are really kind of like two kinds of people in the world when it comes to like uh, trauma or tragedy or that sort of thing, mm-hmm. because there are people who go through stuff and then they'll be like, they'll almost have like less empathy or, or, or they'll have, you know, less sympathy for people because they'll be like, oh, well, I went through it and I was fine. So yeah. that, you know, those, those people will be fine. Or, you know, when I was a kid, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you see people even like really 
like really obvious stuff like you know you'll see an article about giving kids like free school lunches and then people are like well i starved as a kid and i was fine and it's like what's wrong with you but then there are are also people who are determined like they'll go through something like that and it'll make them determined to like to to ensure that like someone else doesn't have to go through that because they know what it's like and daryl's like the latter which i thought was kind of interesting yeah I agree. And it's was a, it's a really good observation that it seems like everybody else gave up. So I, it's definitely very nice. And, you know, I, I you don't want to say like, oh, it's so sweet. But it's just kind, I suppose, of him to keep up that search. And like you said, it really just kind of tells you a lot about who he is and how he became who he is. And, you know, he, like you said, he had a, he found his way out by himself. So you know, just kind of goes to show you how resourceful and he's very smart. You know, even when they talk about like the tracking and stuff, it's amazing what he's able to accomplish that I don't think anyone gives him any credit for. And I think this is like one of the reasons that this the, this character is becoming kind of more interesting. I think maybe maybe they didn't know what to do with him kind of initially. I don't know. I don't know if they had all this kind of down on paper, but it seems like as the show is going on, they're kind of like building on this character because he is he's definitely like well not even street smart i guess he's like wood smart or whatever he definitely has some (laughs) like very kind of like very basic skills that you would kind of associate with someone who's you know familiar with the land and stuff but then he also has some and i think we'll actually talk more about this in the next episode he has some what you know kind of almost sounds like some book learning to him so (laughs) yeah so yeah. uh, definitely Daryl, like the, the more, the, the, the more we kind of get to see him. And even if it's not like direct character development, I think that the, the fact that we just kind of keep going back to him looking for Sophia and the fact that we keep kind of seeing him kind of trying to reassure Carol. And I also, I think, I think I'll have some, some notes on that on the next episode actually, because mm. uh, there, uh, there's, there's something to be said for like someone who's like reassures someone and someone who's actually does something about it so yeah but uh but yeah so daryl is uh daryl's definitely on the on the ascent for me in terms of how much i like him as a character yeah i agree it's funny i made that comment early <laughs> like one of the first episodes I think it was in season one where i was like i don't know what the appeal is with daryl now it's like oh, okay i get it he's sweet <laughs> yeah i mean obviously man like Norman Reedus is like the perfect kind of fit for this character too. Really? Because you definitely, I mean, you can buy him as someone who is kind of like, you know, born and raised in backwoods, Georgia, but then you can also like, you believe it when, you know, sometimes people write these characters and it's like, there's this twist or like, Ooh, they're actually really smart, but it like, I don't know. There's something inauthentic about it, but there, even when he's kind of showing off his book smarts, there is actually something still authentic to it. And I think that's yeah. largely due to like just Norman Reedus being really good in this role. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it and it feels, you know, it feels authentic to me. Like I've known people that are like that, where it's just like, huh? Like they unexpectedly just, yeah, are smart or very well read, things like that. So it's just it's interesting, you know. So yeah, I. I uh, definitely his trajectory is going up (laughs) yeah well you know i guess it's uh to quote Stu redmond from the stan miniseries country don't mean dumb so (laughs) 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 oh my god Uh no that's my speaking of speaking of it yeah that's that's uh oh man i love i love um oh my god i'm i'm blinking on his name now gary sinise gary sinise thank you oh my god i feel i gotta like uh i gotta turn in my 
Dan Blu-ray disc now. I got to send it back. Be like, I'm not worthy of this. Yeah. All I could think of was Gary. And I was like, Gary, do you see it's not him? (laughs) Country don't mean dumb. (laughs) I would love to see Gary Busey. No, no. But, uh, but yeah, I think, I think there's definitely something to be said for that. So. And speaking of sweet, I thought Glenn was also very sweet. Not a whole lot of him, I think uh, in this episode, but it was very sweet. Just the interaction with Maggie and, talking to her about her family and the people that she lost and it's just a very sweet moment i had a single note on glenn and it's just uh what a nerd in all caps <laughs> <laughs> because he's he's obviously i mean you could you could already you know that the the first scene when he or, or the scene when he drives up i think with uh with key dog and uh maggie sitting there on the porch and he's like you know kind of tongue-tied him. Yeah. yeah i'm just saying I'm and like saying. we'll yeah we'll talk about that again in the next one uh yeah because, oh, yeah. yeah it's like oh bless his heart <laughs> yeah god what a fucking nerd i love glenn so much yes great yeah which uh hey you know what uh for for those of you who well actually no never mind this is gonna be, i always forget we're, <laughs> we're recording way in advance i was about to say to show people if you if someone wants to do the the math on how far in advance we uh we record the uh the nope teaser trailer just uh dropped and you know we see steve uh steven yoon 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 in there for just a second and i was like thank god I just, yeah i don't care what this movie's about i'm gonna go see it yeah because they didn't tell us a damn thing <laughs> but no, then it's but like I love it. oh okay I love it. yeah yeah uh, they know how to leave you hanging yep much like uh speaking of leaving leaving us hanging do <laughs> is there anyone else we want to talk about for the living or do we want to talk about the dead for a little bit gosh i think we can go into the dead cool well i only have the one and i think we already called him out but man kudos the the uh the, the makeup effects on the show i mean they were stellar in season one and it seems like they just keep getting better and better but yeah the the walker in the tree now i thought it was kind of interesting though so i'm assuming he came back pretty quickly i think uh oh. i think i think you know didn't didn't uh jenner say that it it can take between i, I can't remember it's but it was I like i think it was like, like three a, minutes and nine hours or something yeah yeah three minutes or nine hours so my only question on that was like i'm assuming the other walkers ate his legs after he was dead uh, oh like, shit it, that's a good point right because like i mean he had to have been before he, you would think before he turned, because zombies don't aren't yeah. cannibals. I mean, they have some yeah. rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I was kind of doing that. I was trying to figure that out. I was like, so he's That's out here in the middle point. of nowhere. Yeah, did like a bunch of random walkers come by like right when he hung himself <laughs> to like eat his legs? I don't oh know. Oh my god! Yeah, that was no, that was gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was gross. It was gross, but uh, I loved it because yes, yeah, the, it was great because it it it's so gross, but I mean, it would make sense. Well, I have, yeah, I have, I have kind of a, 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 a squeamish stomach. So anything that can like any makeup effects that can actually like gross me out are, are pretty good. And so far I think we're, I think this is like the second time. Cause the whole, the opening, the stomach scene in, uh, was it like the first or second episode also did me in. So mm-hmm. yeah, good. yeah, that was gnarly. That was an early one. Yeah. Yeah. Not cool. a whole lot with the dead. Yeah. All right. Otis. Well, yeah, I guess he's, he's joined the dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think is it I don't know, is there anything else we want to discuss on this episode? Gosh, I I don't really have anything myself. I did not see any trivia on this one at all. 
very sad to report that. Oh, no, wait. I take it back. This is allegedly, this is the first episode where there is no death of any kind, whether that be alive, zombified, before reanimation, or confirmed fate. Now, I I don't know if you could maybe argue that with the uh, walker that they put down, but that is, I grabbed that from somewhere. Wait, what, are they not counting Otis? Oh, wait, did I put this in the wrong episode? <laughs> maybe. Bloop, 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 spoilers. So there's like, a, hey guys, there's an episode coming up where nobody dies. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I think, I mean, technically, uh, you know, maybe Otis crawled out of that pile of walkers and survived, but. You know what, I, so. uh, I actually put another note in the wrong file earlier so it does not surprise me that i just copied over the trivia from the wrong episode huh. unbelievable unbelievable no i'm gonna, just... I'm gonna leave this in here just to show what kind of a shoddy operation we're running yeah please dock my pay <laughs> i will i'm i'm having your pay so, yeah damn it yeah you're on notice <laughs> cool well do we want to move on to kind of summing up our thoughts on this episode? Oh, actually, I'm sorry. We, we've got our one important section. First yeah. of all, do we want to go save or sacrifice where we kind of tell our favorite and least favorite characters on this episode, but we're going to kind of frame it as which, which character, if we, if we were hard pressed to, which character would we save from the horde and which one would we sacrifice? Well, I think for obvious reasons, I would sacrifice shane and otis would have been the one that came back yeah um yeah if i I feel like we can actually cheat and just say that that's a switcheroo i like it just a good old switcheroo i'm I'm on the same page yeah that would have been my thing he would have been very cooperative and he was smart some of the interactions they had he would have it seemed like some of the knowledge he dropped he would have been helpful for future endeavors Maybe that's why. Maybe Shane was intimidated by him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's been like, "Damn, Lori's going to be into this dude. I better take him out." Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was actually jealous because Shane's act. Shane secretly wanted to take Carl out for a while now, yeah. and he was like, "Ah, oh, that bastard. He did it before I could." Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're we're sacrificing Shane. Technically, we're saving Otis, but that's a switcheroo. So switcheroo. I'm going to say we yeah. actually get we get another save. Awesome, because I was waffling again. And um, I'm going to go with uh, Daryl. Yep, same. Yeah. Same. I thought it was good. You're getting the un- the, the layers are peeling back. Yeah, the Daryl onion. Is, the Daryl onion. Killed. It's a good onion. <laughs> he's a he's a sweet onion on, on the inside. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, again, just the fact that he was like, the, I mean, yeah, sure. I understand everyone, I guess, is kind of concerned about Carl and. Obviously, Lori and Rick Ugh. are kind of distracted by that. But still, I mean, he's he's like the only one who really seems to still care about yeah. this other kid that's lost. So kudos yeah. to him. He's got yeah. a big heart. I agree. I agree 100 percent. I if I were Carol, honestly, I would have been kind of pissed at the other people. Yeah, like I get it. But like, does come on, man. <laughs> I got a kid, too. She's in danger, too. Yeah, yeah. it's sad. I just, I just actually, I hope that whatever happens, because I, like I think I said before, I actually, as we're watching this, these episodes, we're pretending we kind of haven't watched ahead, but I actually don't remember a lot of what happened. But I do hope that Carol like holds this against people in the future because she has every right to. Yeah, that's a great point. You're, it's a very great point. 
Cool. Yeah. Well, good choices. Good choices. Yeah. Do we want to? Uh, do we want to? Do we want to wrap up and kind of give our, our final opinions on this one and give it a rating? I guess we'll. I guess we'll just rate it out of uh, rate it out of bullets. We'll see how many bullets we have left because I think uh, I think they had hey, like I think, they, I think they each had like five left when uh, when he asked Otis. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how many we're going to use on the walkers and how many we're going to kind of keep. Just in case we have to shoot shoot each other in the kneecaps. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I thought this was a really interesting episode. I like that we're seeing more to the characters. I like that we're seeing the setup of relationships and stuff. Yeah, I think we're just getting some more depth, and I appreciate that. It had a little more action, which I also appreciated. I will give this a... Mm, I'm going to give it a three. Nice. That's respectable. Yeah, I, I, uh, man, I think this is actually maybe my favorite episode so far in the season. Ooh. I mean, I know we're only three episodes in, mm-hmm. but I, I do think it does a really good job of like balancing the the action and the character development. I also think that like the the writing on this one, like I was saying, maybe I'm like reading too much into Daryl and kind of like that that scene with him. But I think that you know one of the one of the problems that I think the last two episodes had was it felt like there was maybe a, like a lot of dialogue that didn't go anywhere just in terms of like, it didn't really drive the story forward and also didn't get, it didn't get us any more like about the characters. Whereas I think this one, you know, the scene with Lori and Rick, I think is kind of very interesting. I think all the scenes with, you know, Daryl are, are, are pretty interesting. And I also think that, you know, the Shane stuff is pretty interesting just because obviously like it's, it's kind of telling us more about kind of like what he's willing to do to survive so i'm actually going to give this one i'm going to give this one a three and a half i thought it was thoroughly entertaining i thought it was a shot in the arm i i you know we talked on the first two how i was ah, i I felt like it was kind of lagging but yeah i feel Mm -hmm. like this one gives season two a shot in the arm so that i might just be i might just be grading on a curve because of that but yeah three and a half i don't know where the half bullet comes from maybe it's like one of the half bullet a half of the bullets it's in uh carl's stomach i don't know yeah but uh (laughs) So yeah, um, I think that's an average of what is that three three point two five. I'm doing that math in my head. Mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. that's the way math works. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so still very very respectable for this episode. And what do we have coming up next? Oh boy, our next episode is going to be season season four. Heyo, oh uh, it's going to be we're yeah. Ahead. We're jumping right ahead into yeah. the future. Yeah, it's going to be episode four of season two, and the episode name is Cherokee Rose. Oh, boy. Well, that will be coming up in just a few days here. So stay tuned. We've got a lot more to talk about. We've got to find out what happens. What's the fallout? Is Carl okay? Does Shane get caught out? Uh, You know, does does, what happens with Glenn and Maggie? I don't know. We'll we'll find Mm -hmm. out on our next episode. Stay tuned. And if you're not already subscribed, you should probably go wherever you're listening to this right now. You should go just take like five seconds. Go to the, the podcast, the thing. I don't know what they call them, the podcast platform or whatever they're called. And just Sounds go right. and hit hit. Yeah, is that right? Okay, great. I, I know words. <laughs> go to the go go to wherever you're listening to this and just hit the like subscribe button. And I, I'm assuming whatever platform it is, that means it'll it'll say that you we have one more subscription, which will be great for us. Uh, unless you're driving. Don't do that. Don't do that now. If you're if you're listening to this on the road, wait until you kind of pull over and you go to, you know, stop to get a Yoohoo and then and then subscribe. But uh, we'd love that. We'd 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 love to, uh, you know, have some people 
who are listening regularly because we we are really enjoying talking about the season. So hopefully you're following along. And yeah, we'll be back pretty soon with that next episode. And of course, if you need to hear us talk even more and just hearing us talk about The Walking Dead is not enough. Renee and I are also on another podcast called The Video Store Junkies. You can go to videostorejunkies.com or you can probably just look it up wherever you're listening to this. Again, whatever they call that, the podcasting platform or whatever. And on that podcast, we talk about movies. And if you're a big fan of zombies, we actually got done probably at this point about a month and a half ago talking about George A. Romero's Living Dead series. So we have six whole episodes about zombie movies, if you like that sort of thing. We also got a lot of other stuff on there. So check that out. We will be back in a few days. And uh, I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Later.